We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Humphrey. All right, it is Wednesday. It's Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Happy Earth, Wind, and Fire Day to everybody out there. It is the 21st day of September. Do you remember? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, happy anniversary to Jeff Rust and his amazing wife. Hey. Amanda. Hey, thanks. What are you and Mandy doing for the old uh, anniversary tonight, Rust? She's going to hit the meeting place, picking up some nice steaks, gets probably a couple of fillets, and just uh, have a nice dinner at home. Look at that. Isn't that, isn't that the way to spend like the it. spend? What, what year is it? 20th. Whoa! It's wow. the 20th. Yeah, I think uh, Saturday evening, though, the grandparents are taking the children, so we'll have a night to ourselves. There we go. Look yes. at you. You're on your 20th, and uh, this time next week, I'll be on my hey. second. Congratulations yeah. to the Rust's two decades. That's insane. Of her putting up with your S. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know how she's done it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's big uh, ups, dude. Congrats to you guys. Yeah, 20 no. Years, 20 years is a big one. That is a very cool thing. I'm very happy for you. Uh, I love uh, both of the Rusts, so congratulations to you both. Hey, thanks, man. Happy anniversary. And what a great, like, at your wedding, did you play Earth, Wind, and Fire? Did you realize it as you guys were planning the wedding? No, it took a couple of years. Oh, I realize did? it. Yes, yeah. it was just kind of a happy accident. It fell on a Saturday, and we're like, "Oh, look at that!" And the last day of summer, and yeah. let's see, that's great. Now, this uh, my—it's also my sister's birthday. Shout out to Jesse. What's up? Happy, happy birthday! birthday. Um, I was talking to uh, of all people, my parents yesterday, and we were talking about how, hey, uh, you know, it's Jesse's birthday. I said I always remember because of Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, and they both kind of gave me the what. Like, they hadn't put it together. And I'm like, I shouldn't be the one bringing up the Earth, Wind, and Fire references here, guys. This should be you. And they're like, never connected the dots on that one. That got me thinking. Do, do, you, guys have, do you guys have, like, uh, like songs with your wives? Uh, yep. Yes. What are they? Uh, Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. Okay. okay. And uh, uh, Billy Joel, Just the Way You Are. Okay. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Yeah. I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, we don't really have one, do we? See, it's really easy for us because we met at a wedding. Oh, there you go. You met at a wedding. And so uh, that's, you know, songs were songs were playing. Songs a lot of Van playing, Morrison yeah. being played okay. at that mo- wedding. That See, our wedding was a COVID wedding at a courthouse. So there was no music. Well, no, it wasn't our wedding. No, no, you no, were I'm, supposed I'm, to have one at your wedding. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, we didn't, well, I mean, we didn't because Oof. courthouse, COVID. Yeah, that sucks. It was a get in, get out situation. Oh man, um, see, that's a bummer. You need to find one. Yeah, so that's what we we started talking about this the other day because uh, our our anniversary is next week. It's next Tuesday. Maybe, maybe we we open up to a poll. 
Well, maybe it can be like Death Now by Satan's Butthole, your your favorite the band. Um, unfortunately, my wife did not marry for my eclectic taste in metal. Dang! Um, that is the one thing that I think she... If she could change anything about me, that would be it. Mm. She, she, uh, she does the, oh, I'm getting a headache anytime it comes on in the car. <laughs> That's what I get hit with. That's a bummer. And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, and I'm like, I'm like, That's not even like we're not even like the, like the hard stuff yet. Come on. You're killing me. <sighs> well, not everybody can, can appreciate the heaviest of metals like maybe, you. Maybe there is one metal song out there that, that that's actually our song. Huh. Uh, bring us together. Mm. Maybe. There we go. Um, all right. Uh, congrats. And you're getting a lot of happy anniversary shout-outs on the text line, 503-250-1080, Rust. Uh, hey, thanks, man. I got, a, I got an idea for Danny's metal song. Oh, mm. what is that? Do that to me one more time. Yeah, there you go. That would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's maybe what it should be. I, Rust, I need you to send me that drop. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I need that email. I'll send it to my wife. And I, what do you think if I, if I just keep this going? Mm-hmm. Just keep keep that rolling. Yeah. All in. All right. Just loop it. Well, uh, happy anniversary, Rust. Uh, next week, we'll give you your shout-outs for happy oh, anniversary. Yeah, no, I, I, Both I, of I, you I, are criminals for getting married during football season. So, <laughs> Well, there's right. no football being played in mine. Criminal. Yeah, so. Because um, <laughs> now you're going to have anniversaries during football season for the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 Well, yep. my, I mean, let's be fair. My life's not going to be that much longer. <laughs> 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 wow. Really leaning into that one? <laughs> Took a dark turn. I mean, I'm just playing the odds here, guys. Okay. Well, I guess let's hope Danny and his wife make it to 20, huh? Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we go. I keep telling my wife, listen, if I make it, if I make it to 60, like we're doing well. Speaking of uh, like uh, great ideas that take dark turns, uh, I don't know why when you said that, Rust, I thought of the – have you guys seen the preview for this new movie, uh, the, the Greatest Beer Run Ever? Yeah, the guy who goes to Vietnam and drops off beer. Yeah, yeah. the guy – Zac Efron, mm-hmm. and then he meets, like, Russell Crowe in, in Nam, and Russell Crowe, like, gets him in and out of Nam, and Bill Murray's in it. Bill Murray's the bartender. Listen, anytime, he's, anytime Bill Murray makes an appearance, I'm in. Okay. So if you guys haven't seen it, it was, it was on Monday Night Football. They were in, like, an extended yeah. trailer for it, which uh-huh. is the first time that I saw it. But the premise is that it's a true story, apparently. Like, yeah. is this, like, really a true story? Or is this, like, very loosely? Like, the guy tried to get into Vietnam. They were like, yeah, get out of here. Bro. Or is this, like, how Blair Witch Project was a true story? There you go. Like, based on real events. Well, I will say this. I, I'm leaning towards it being more a true story because, listen, you go back to the 60s and 70s. Uh, have you ever seen that movie, um, Catch Me If You Can? Leo yeah. Gabriel. Think about all the crap he got away with. Yeah, like yeah, it was true. really easy that's to get true. away with stuff and to move in and yeah. out throughout different countries and such. So easily. basically, what happened here is that uh, it's a it's a true story about a guy named Chicky, who I mean that's like a guy that would be a beer run. He's hey, in a, go get some beer. He's in a bar. I don't know where's the bar. I think it's in New York. It's got to be in New York City. It's either New York or Boston. They have very thick East Coast accents, and they're talking about how at this, like, local watering hole, how the protesters are making the, the boys at war feel like, you know, they, they're not being appreciated. Mm-hmm. And so somebody in the bartender says, I just wish I could go over and give those give our boys a beer. And this dude in the bar is like, I'll do it. And that's Zac Efron, who is a handsome devil. Um, and he basically sneaks into Vietnam, and he his whole thing is, he finds every person from their neighborhood, and he gives them a beer. 
Like that. That's a ba- that's the Pretty basis rad. of the movie. And a lot of I'm assuming craziness ensues, and he meets Russell Crowe, and Russell Crowe gets him out in and out of the country. I really want to see this movie. Like I am, yeah, no, I, I am hooked on this movie. It's a great premise. It is a fantastic yeah. premise. But that is the ultimate. This is going to be a great idea gone horribly wrong. <laughs> like the only thing that could make it worse is does he die? Do we know if he dies? If he dies in that, that's that's the ultimate good idea gone wrong. I, I think he gets out. That's how we that's how we get the the whole story. Okay. Well, I'm on board with this. Well, I love this. Yeah, no, I, I'm a hundred percent in on this. Have you? When was the last time you went to movie theater? A Top Gun Maverick with my brother. There you go. Yeah. I went, I went to Top Gun Maverick with my bro. I still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick? Uh, it was problematic because uh, my wife had not seen Top Gun, the first one yet, and she kept delaying and delaying and delaying, and she did not want to see Maverick without See, that's seeing. when you just ditch her. You just say, sorry, so you can stay home, I'm going. Because you're a movie by yourself guy. I we am. don't need to give Danny more reasons to not make it to 20 years. <laughs> Great point, Jeff. But this is what you got to do. Here's the thing. I have done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some passes when I was at NBC for uh, of one of the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. And I went with the guys. And my wife's like, you went to the movie without me? What? She's like, you didn't even tell me? This is when we were dating, so it was early on. I was like, yeah. I didn't, like, you had plans with the girls. Like, I didn't really think it was an issue. And uh, that was the strike one. And then I went to... <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to another one, uh, like I would say, like two, three years later. I can't even remember what it was now, but uh, she went to bed early. And I was like, oh, screw it, I'm going to go to a movie. It was like Friday night. Like she was just wiped out. I'm like, I'm going to go to the movie. So I just rolled down the street and went to the movie. And she's asleep. Yeah, she was out. Like, and I didn't want to wake her up. And, well, you, uh, ooh, Ricky, move. This is what you need to do. You live in Newburgh. You need to just throw her in the car and go to the drive in. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> she doesn't even have to get out of her PJs. She can just, yeah. just lay in the passenger just, seat. Hey, does this towel smell funny? <laughs> No, she okay. Was already, she was Wait, out. I'm getting in trouble for giving him bad ideas while you're <laughs> trying to convince him to chloroform his wife? <laughs> hey, does this rag smell like chloroform? <laughs> Let's go get in the car. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, can you readily get chloroform? I don't want to tell you the answer to that question because I don't want to be a, like a, an accomplice to whatever crime's going to happen. It's one of the few things I've never explored. Like, the movies sure make it look easy. Like, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's an easy thing to get hold. But no, I have two strikes. So if I if I if I was going for the third strike, like I guess Top Gun Maverick would be one to go for because it had like a ninety eight percent rating and everybody has called yeah. it like the best action movie of all time. It's awesome. So yeah. Well, okay. lower your expectations. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I don't want to hear that. No, I just say that because if it gets then too much better. hype, then it's built okay. up in your head. This is what I do: is I always go into a movie going, can't be as good as they said. I can't, it can't be that good. See, I, and then you walk out and you're like, yes, it is. I actually have a pretty low standard for movies. Mm. Like, if it's entertaining, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm a huge Marvel geek. I love them all. Uh-huh. Do I like ones more than others? Like, the, the, the latest Thor was probably one that I liked one of the least recently. But did I still like it? Yeah. And I, I don't ever feel, like, bad or cheaped or, like, I've walked out of two movies in my life, mm. and both of them were free. Ooh, which so, ones? One of them was Willard. It was playing on bass. It's about a dude with some rats. I don't know. It was really bad. It was really creepy. It was really awful. Oh, that's with uh, that's uh, with that the guy the... from um, Back to the Future, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, it was really bad. Like I, in Hot I, Tub Time Machine, his best role. By the way, he lost his arm. 
Uh, I got 20 minutes into it, and I looked at my buddy, and I was like, we out? He's like, yeah, we're out. Uh, the other one was... That guy's weird, by the way. Oh, Crispin no, 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 I mean, in real life. Yeah. I, 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 His I name's hear, Crispin. I hear he's very eccentric, but he's like, nice enough, but just a complete weirdo. I mean, have you ever met anybody named Crispin? Nope. There you go. No. I feel like if you have a name that nobody else has ever had, right. you're going to be a different cat. Hmm. It's a great point. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, blue of earth. Yeah. Um, now, that is a different kind of weird. I'm just saying, like, if, if you if you go down those paths, yeah. you're typically going to be a different cat. Okay. So, uh, and the other one I can't remember. So, but I, I do vividly remember walking, out, stumbling out of it. Snake Eyes. Uh, Nicholas Cage? I, yeah, Nicholas Cage. That, you walked out? That one's pretty bad. I was in middle school, yeah. It was just like. We just kind of looked around. And my dad was like, you ready? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah, even a good, bad Nick Cage flick. It's just a bad Nick Cage flick. It's just flick. a bad, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's not like, uh, was it was the Hell Rider? What's his? What, Ghost Rider. Go, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, see, that was, that was. Like, that's so bad, it's like, cool. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sticking around for this. Yeah, no. And, I mean, Eva Mendes can save the show. Absolutely. I did watch on my flight to Atlanta the unbearable weight of being Nick Cage. Oh, how was it? Oh, I want to watch that so bad. It it was pretty good. Was it? It was pretty good. Was it like cringy bad, good? Y- yeah. Okay. No, it was it was it was good because everything that people hate about Nick Cage he, was readily he went prevalent. over the top with all of it. Fantastic. And it makes it it makes it great. And I'll just leave it at that. It's pretty good. So okay. That that's my. I need to have a. I think we need to have a rating scale on this. So just so we have some continuity across. Our, our rating scale. Okay. We've got to come up with something. Yeah. Like, and I don't think it should be like out of 10 or no, even out of 5. I think it should be out of 3. Oh. Yeah. Super tight. Either good meh, or bad. All right. Right? Okay. Like we have, yeah, we because have 3. The, the, honestly, that's probably a better scale for me because most things are going to be good. Yeah. Like if I tell you something's yeah. bad, it's bad. Yeah. It's, and bad just means don't go. Meh. It's like, yeah, give it a whirl. Maybe yeah. for you. Maybe it just wasn't for me. And good is like, no, it's good. Yeah. You'll like it. Okay. We just need to we need to have our rating scale. Three somethings. Uh, mm. <laughs> Might have to chew on that for a bit. Yeah. Yep. Well, it is Danny and Dusty, so we have D's going. Maybe it's like uh, you get a, a D, a double D, or a, a triple D. I like where you're going. <laughs> you like that? I like, I, like uh-huh. where this is, I, I, I like that? I like who this is brought to us by. All right. Triple D's. Um... <laughs> Can't go south at all. Nope. <laughs> nope. Top Gun Maverick, triple D. Yay. <laughs> you know what I give Star Wars? Uh, double Ds. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, see, I thought you were yeah. going to go D there. No. No. Oh, okay. Double Ds. Okay. No. Not for me. Might be for you. All right. <laughs> I like this grading scale already. <laughs> all right. Where did the time go? I don't know. Well, we have two guests today, so we should probably start getting on time. Yes. Uh, because we've got Ryan Horvat on at 1.30, our BetQL Network insider. Um, he joins us at 1.30 with a gambling, uh, all the gambling talk you could ask for. I have another um, You're a Monster line that I want to talk to him about. Last week it was, mm. how does Iowa cover 27 when they have not even scored 27 points this year. We have another Iowa line. They did, by the <laughs> way. 
Iowa got there. Um, I have another line for him that I want to discuss uh, for the psycho line. And then we'll have Antonio Morales on from The Athletic. He covers USC. I will try to contain myself. How do the Trojans uh, come into research and leave with a victory? And how healthy are the Trojans heading in? But where we got to start this bad boy? He gone. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, uh, the pressure has come to bite Robert Sarver right where it hurts him. Uh, look, the one thing that we knew about Robert Sarver in this whole investigation from the NBA is that uh, because uh, of reports from Woj and Baxter Holmes, Robert Sarver getting a one-year suspension for um, repeated violations of the code of conduct in the NBA that wasn't the part that that got to Robert Sarver. It was the ten million dollar fine that the NBA handed down to Robert Sarver. That is what bothered him the most because he's cheap. Because he's cheap, right? Yeah. Well, uh, as the sponsors were pulling out from the Phoenix Suns and more pressure was mounting to get him to sell the team, Robert Sarver announced today he has uh, started the process of selling the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. Both franchise owned under his ownership group. Yes, it is an own, it is a ownership group. He's the managing partner of that group. He has the authority to sell both franchises. If you've paid attention to the tea leaves for any period of time, Bob Iger, formerly of Disney, is has been the leading guy looking at the Phoenix Suns for quite some time. Uh, he has ties directly to Chris Paul. He's actually Chris Paul's uh, unofficial mentor, as Chris Paul has discussed publicly uh, in multiple publications. I want an unofficial mentor. I want an unofficial mentor that's worth billions. Yeah, that person opens a lot of doors for you. Um, well, like, what do you have to file paperwork for him to become an official mentor? I mean, or I, listen, I don't know. Is there a judge that does that? There's probably yeah. I, I think you uh, mm-hmm. you get what is it called the uh, the stamp the uh, Ooh, the you get notary. Like, no, yeah, you yeah. get it notarized and yeah, all that. Get notarized. All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that that's something that's been brewing for a while. But as far as Sarver is concerned, uh, I would imagine we'll get some information uh, over the next couple of days, couple of weeks, yeah. as far as why the tides turned, because there hasn't been anything publicly that is yeah. other than Draymond Green saying I want I would like the owners to vote, which yeah. means Draymond Green heard that there was probably something coming about owners taking a potential vote. Yeah, as a vote of no confidence. This is a CYA 
for for Robert Sarver and yes. his group to, hey, either you can sell the group or, or the franchises, or we will make you sell the franchises. Or and, make it hell enough to where this is not going to be an enjoyable process for you, and you're going to spend the next couple of years getting your butt kicked. I, I have a feeling, though, that when you when you think of everything that has come to light, I think a lot of people in powerful positions across the NBA have met with Robert Sarver and said, look, man, you are sitting here with several times of repeating the N-word. You have exposed yourself to employees. You've been inappropriate verbally and physically with employees. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be in a league, especially a league that is predominantly black. You cannot have multiple instances of you saying the N-word no. in a league that is becoming more and more inclusive. And, oh, by the way, you own a WNBA franchise where you're being misogynistic and exposing yourself. It's this is not going to be a pl- a place where you can survive yeah. because who's going to come here and play for you? If they have the choice, they're going to go somewhere else. And this is why I've I've long said that it has been so impressive what James Jones and Monty Williams have done in spite, in of, spite of their ownership yes. in Robert Sarver. He has been horrible for decades. Yeah, we, this is not something new. and It's not just nah. this report this, this report that goes back a decade. It's quite literally since he basically took over as owner. So he took over the team in 2004. Yep. He bought it for $401 million. Apparently he did, is not uh, he's the, the majority, sole owner. No, he's the majority share owner, but he's not yeah. the sole there are very few teams in the NBA anymore that are yeah. major, like Jody Allen and the Blazers are a solo owned team. Yeah, that's. But uh, even that is owned by Vulcan. a conglomerate. Vulcan, Vulcan yes. The air quotes are um, Vulcan. Dolan in New York is, I believe, it's owned by his controlling MSG, MSG uh, partners. So there's very, very, very. I think Mickey Arison in the Heat. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the very few teams that's left that's controlled in his name. And the buses. Yeah, uh, the buses and then. Palmer. Uh, and but the buses that ownership group is is actually split up. There are oh, really? there are other minority owners. Balmer is an individual owner, and I believe Cuban is an individual yeah. owner. But uh, my point being, it's very rare that that happens. Well, they bought it for four hundred one million dollars, and it's now valued in two thousand four. So eighteen years ago, he bought it for four hundred one million. Mm-hmm. It is now valued at one point eight billion. It'll sell for two point two. Yeah, and all of all of them have gone well over. Yeah, it'll it'll, uh, it'll sell for two points because there's a lot of competition because they do want the Phoenix Suns. People want to be in Phoenix, and no, I think good, there is a yeah. there is a value there with your roster, your location, your fan base that is passionate. When you're good, when um, you're good. there there's a lot that you could like about owning the Phoenix Suns. So um, I bet it does go well north of two billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, and I would imagine this, that this sale process happens very quick because. There's already an ownership group that's greenlit to buy. And you know what? Every other owner in the NBA wants just that. This thing to go well over asking price, get that sale out, because their their franchises then go up in value as well. And for Robert Sarver, he is going to cash out with pockets full of money um, due to this this forced sale. I mean, we can call it what it is. He's being forced to sell. And this forced sale is going to make him a lot of money, just as it did Donald Sterling. But just as Donald Sterling missed out, Robert Sarver is going to miss out on one more big payday. Yeah, the, the TV deal is going to probably double the value of the franchise, and so he is going to miss out on that. So then, then that is I don't know some sort of solace, but the other solace is he's the hell out of the league. He gone. He gone. All right. I don't feel bad for Robert Sarver. 
Um, we'll have more on his statement coming up later in the show because his statement deserves a segment in and of its own right because it is a doozy. But uh, what we got to get to next, USC Trojans. They are tromping up I-5 to take on the Oregon State Beavers, red hot in the best offense in all of college football. Antonio Morales covers the team for The Athletic. He joins us next. First is Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, we get it uh, 6.30 kick down at Reeser Stadium on the Pac-12 Network. The battle of unbeatens in conference play. Number seven, USC hits the road and takes on Oregon State for a preview. We head on down to L.A. Antonio Morales covers uh, USC for the athletic and is kind enough to join us now. Antonio, how you doing today, man? Good, man. This uh, start of the season's been you know, fun to watch the Pac-12 as a whole, and you know, USC's been exciting to watch. So, uh, just enjoying the start of the season so far. Boy, you you say USC has been exciting to watch so far. I mean, I think everybody expected Lincoln Riley's offense to have some fireworks when he got uh, to LA. Are, are you surprised, though, with how quickly this team has turned not just into good but efficient on that offensive side of the ball? Yeah, because these are all players who haven't played together before. Caleb Williams has played with Mario Williams, but he hasn't thrown to Jordan Addison until. And uh, Travis Dye hasn't played with Thomas Wine and Austin Jones uh, hasn't either. Um, and they all, they're so kind of ruthless on offense right now, just how efficient they are and how um, electric they've been. And uh, they've, they've done it in different ways. And the Stanford game, it was more about these big plays. It's kind of like a breathtaking first half where they didn't have a, a third down attempt until there was like 50 seconds left in, in, the, in the second quarter. Um, and so they won that way. And then Fresno State was more methodical and, um, beating up the Bulldogs on the ground and rushing for 200-something yards. Um, so it's, it's been interesting to see how how early they've they've clicked and, you know, the different ways they can do it. Yeah. Antonio, before we're going to get into the uh, matchup with Oregon State, uh, just how different, not just the, the, the team and the, and the roster and, the, and how the, the makeup of the team, but stylistically the – Almost the aura, the feeling, the vibes around this university right now. Because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a USC guy. I mean, I, I, it's, that's that's the program I've grown up with, and that's you know I I grew up rooting for. And for me, from the outside looking in, I this this reminds me of of 2004, 2005. The way that the program looks from the outside is that, and I know it's different from Lincoln to to Pete, but is that something that exists now? Is it is that feeling back in LA a little bit? I think they're they're slowly trying to build toward that. It, it's going to be difficult to ever kind of recapture that. There's the NFL. It's back in Los Angeles now with two teams, including the Super Bowl champion. There's uh, the Dodgers, who are a juggernaut in, in Major League Baseball, and they they weren't that when USC kind of captured the city uh, back in the mid 2000s. Um, Lakers have LeBron and. Anthony Davis, so they're always in the 
have their share of the attention. So it's a different kind of sports landscape in LA, but you know, the fans are united. The fan base is united behind the coach again. And I think that's the first thing. That's the first time that's happened since Pete was here at USC where, you know, there's full faith in the coach uh, and everyone's united behind them because Lane was really young and probably immature, too immature for this job. And uh, I think they wanted to go a different direction with the Sarkeesian search. And then uh, Clay Helton was never truly accepted. So I think this is the first time since Pete, this fan base is all united behind one coach. We're talking with Antonio Morales. He covers USC for the Athletic. The Trojans coming up to take on Oregon State, a battle of unbeatens, 6.30 in Corvallis on Saturday night. Uh, how are the uh, Trojans health-wise heading into this one? Because, you know, the on both fronts, the offensive and defensive lines, that was a big question on depth heading into the year. Uh, through the first three games of the season, they seem to be holding up pretty well. Is, is health a concern heading up north? I think last week there was concern about the left tackle uh, spot. Cortland Ford, I think he tweaked his right ankle against Stanford, and he didn't play last week against uh, Fresno State. And he was rotating throughout the first two games with with Bobby Haskins, the Virginia transfer. Uh, Haskins played, but it looked like he banged up his left shoulder multiple times Mm -hmm. during the game. And he had to come out in one instance and – uh, USC had to put in their basically third team left tackle, Mason Murphy, and he got beat twice on the same play. Uh, the initial time the Fresno State defensive end got pressure, Caleb Williams evaded it, and then you know, Mason Murphy was turned around, and then um, he got back to the defensive lineman, and the defensive lineman beat him again and got to, got to Caleb Williams again. So that was a kind of ominous first rep, even though I think he does have potential. Um USC didn't kind of want to go to him as, you know, a left tackle that has to play in meaningful minutes. But it seems like Haskins and Ford are both healthy um, this week. Lincoln Riley said they're both full participants. I think the only guy who might be out is Romello Height, um, who didn't play against Fresno State, and he missed about three quarters of the game against Stanford with a right shoulder injury, and he's been the rush end. He was a starting rush end for USC, but Solomon Bird's come in and has played well in his absence. Uh, the storylines for, for this game between Oregon State and USC are very much, can Oregon State run the ball, keep USC's offense off the field? But one of the things that I'm looking at for from the USC, the chance knowing that Oregon State has done really well in, in working off play action and hitting big plays, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what made has made Oregon State back relevant again is they have an identity of pound 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 but hits you over the top what's been interesting to watch from usc is their bend don't break defense uh they've gotten gashed by runs by basically everybody but they've been up enough does usc have enough up front to sustain against a team that's gonna probably present a few more problems uh you talked about tui pelotu and solomon bird on the on the pass rush they've been tremendous already um, that hasn't really been USC's problem. It's been the ability to not only stop runs between the tackles, but those outside zones and, and hitting those sideline big 20-yarders. Uh, what's kind of the feeling as far as how they're going to hang up against the Beavs? Yeah, we saw we saw the Beavers expose and exploit that defensive line last year, and it's a lot of the same characters. Uh, the linebackers have changed. I think the linebacker play has improved at USC this season with 
they brought in Arizona State transfer Eric Gentry and uh, Alabama transfer Shane Lee, but the defensive line is still an issue. Uh, it's undersized, doesn't have a lot of depth, and they kind of lack talent outside of two Pelotu and a couple other guys up front. And um, I think Jonathan Smith is a good enough coach to scheme around one disruptive player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's going to be an issue. And um, these teams, that's, what, that's why I think the coin toss is really a fascinating part of every USC game now because uh, they've gotten the ball twice in these first three games and they've scored and they, they haven't trailed yet. So no team has really been able to dictate the pace. Stanford won the coin toss and they got the ball first to try to get that early lead and they turned it over. Um, so I kind of want to see what Oregon State does this week if they win the coin toss. Are they going to elect to get the ball and try to run it and control the pace, not let USC jump out to that early lead where they almost force you to get into a shootout with them? Um, that's something I'm interested in watching because I think they have the running game and the play action game to make USC have to play catch up. You know, one of the incredible parts, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, with Gentry and Lee coming over as transfers uh, to that linebacking core, one of the incredible parts of what SC is doing defensively is creating extra opportunities, leading the country in, in turnover margin, Seven interceptions by the secondary, and look, it was. I was really looking forward to seeing Stanford because I thought that if they could run the ball and they could kind of play that keep away um, from USC, they'd be in good shape. But two interceptions in the red zone, they got seven interceptions through the first three games this season. What has been the key to that uh, transformation of the Trojans' secondary being so opportunistic? I think it's been a mix of both. I think it's been a mix of two things. They've been opportunistic in terms of the Rice game. There's three picks or four picks, I think, and um, I, I, several of those bounced off of a Rice tight ends or a Rice receivers' hands. And USC was in the right spot, at the right time, and they caught those and uh, they took them to the house. I think Stanford, they're more forced. Like Makai Blackman made a great play. Um, in the red zone on one of those, uh, you know, trademark Stanford jump balls that they throw. And um, then Eric Dentry, he kind of uh, affected the passing lane. This is a dude who has a, a seven-foot wingspan, a greater than seven-foot wingspan. He's a six-foot-six linebacker. You just don't see guys built like him. Um, he's six-foot-six, 200 pounds. He's, he's light, uh, but really long arms. And then you see him the past two weeks, he's really – affected quarterbacks with his length in the passing in the passing lanes. Uh, Stanford, Tanner McKee had to throw a ball a little bit higher than he needed to and it bounced off the tight end's hands and into the USC defender's hands. Um, so I think it's been a, a mix of both, you know, skill and uh, and luck that have led to those turnovers. Um, and obviously them, this offense, I think, contributes to it uh, because this defense – they, they can just pin their ears back, and uh, they know teams that have to pass the ball to keep up, and I, I think that feeds into it. When you look at this this USC team, again, the you kind of alluded to it there, their ability to pin their ears back and, and make plays. Has Lincoln Riley kind of addressed their, their lack of um, ability or, or lack of test against ad- adversity so far and what that kind of means going into this week? No, not yet. I think they – I think Fresno State challenged them in some ways, which he was kind of glad to see a little. Um, 
USC just hadn't faced a ton of third downs or a ton of mm-hmm. they hadn't faced a, a fourth down attempt in the first two games of the season. They had to go three for three against Fresno State, and I think they went nine of fifteen combined on third and fourth down on Saturdays, and um, they just hadn't had a lot of third and longs or, or fourth downs. And Caleb Williams looked poised and in command uh, in those situations on Saturday, picking up picking up those first downs with his arms and his and his legs uh, in particular. Uh, he had um, an 11-yard gain on a fourth and one and then another like five-yard gain on a fourth and one. Um, so I think that's been a way, you know, they were tested and Fresno State just wasn't going to let them get the big play. Um, but we haven't seen them tested to where it's, you know, a whole, a game that even goes into the second half and it's and it's pretty tight in the second half. They've been up by double, by double digits at halftime pretty much all these games and with that offense they've been able to extend it into the third quarter so uh, i think he's still waiting to kind of learn you know how this team will handle that you know something that is discussed a lot up here um i want to know if there's any even kind of inkling of it or if if the players coaches they know about it down there the last 22 years when a top 10 usc team has come up to corvallis it hasn't gone well uh, one in three since 2000 when USC has come up to Corvallis and played an a unranked uh, Oregon State team. Has that uh, kind of been discussed, or do the players even know about the, the past history of top 10 SC teams going to Corvegas? I don't think the players know. Um I think it's very much on the mind of USC fans. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you they, it is. They, they've been so- yeah, they've been talking about it all week. Uh, and the one game they did win, when you think about it, it's that Fog game, and yeah. that was kind of uh, one they had to to eke out. Um, so it's been pretty difficult uh, for USC for ranked USC teams in Corvallis. Um, I think some of the USC players have more on their mind the game from last year, to where Oregon State just ran all over them and yeah. pretty much embarrassed them, and kind of took their will um, mm-hmm. in the Coliseum. And um, that, that was, I think that was one of the first signs. The Stanford game was bad for USC last year, but that was a sign. There was, there was massive trouble. And uh, um, I, I think some players, Chili Chuli Pelosi even mentioned, he was like, yeah, like we're, we've thought about that this week, about what they did last year um, inside the Coliseum. So I think that game is going to be more of the ones um, they're thinking about this week. All right, this one's going to be for me and, and totally selfish. How much of the, the Heisman noise is creeping back in, into the McKay Center with, with the way Caleb Williams has started this season? Yeah, I, I think nationally he's getting a lot of attention. I don't think it's – I think people obviously thought, like, okay, he's going to be in the mix of USC has a good season. I think people are waiting to see, like, is their record going to be good enough? And I think now they're starting to talk themselves into, hey, maybe it's going to be a 10-2 season or um, a Pac-12 title season. Um, I, I think the expectations at first were kind of a little tempered just because they didn't know, know really what to expect from this team. They had a new coaching staff and new players. But I think now that they've seen the first three games, I think they're slowly creeping creeping back into that kind of form of trying to you know, push that kind of talk. Antonio Morales, catch his work at The Athletic. Man, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me, guess. There he is. You can uh, catch him on Twitter, at Antonio C. Morales on Twitter. Um, look, there's a, a lot of good info in there in that they have been banged up but are back and healthy up front. 
um, but they are missing one of their edge pieces. And if you're talking about Chance Nolan and dropping back, how much is Ramel Height in his absence going to be felt when you have a little bit of that pressure not going to be there? The other part of this is for USC secondary, what did pop up against Stanford and even against Fresno State is on those deep balls. While they have turned teams over, they have picked up pass interference calls like crazy. I think Makai Blackman leads the conference in uh, pass interference calls right now. So I was always told 15 is better than six. It is. You get take 15 yards, better than putting six points up on the board. But uh, the aggressiveness is certainly there. It's. <laughs> it, I, I, I genuinely love how this matchup is shaking them. You know, styles make fights. Yep. And if Oregon State wins the toss like Antonio was talking about, and it, that's, the, that's the thing is teams are going to look at this USC offense and go, no, we're not going to let you get the ball to start because we don't want to play from behind. Mm-hmm. If Oregon State wins the toss and they opt to grind and they, and they, they get a score on their first drive and they yeah. make USC have to change, that bit of adversity, because USC hasn't trailed this year, it'll be very interesting to see how they react and what they do and if, if and how Jonathan Smith is able to keep that team off the field. See, that was Clay Helton's fault, is that his teams got they trailed in games. All the time. <laughs> they trailed. That's where he, that's where he went wrong. All right, uh, 503-250-1080. That is a fan text sign. Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. All right, great stuff from Antonio Morales. If you missed that, go check it out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. Coming up next hour... We will have uh, Ryan Horvath, our BetQL Network insider. I heard there in the commercial break, to start um, our commercial break, the I'm listening promo that that is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is actually tonight, right here on the fan, starting at 8 o'clock. Um, I'm listening is uh, a, a special done by our, our, our great uh, people up at corporate to make sure that we have awareness and conversations and open conversations uh, about some of the tough things in our world. Um, it's a live two-hour special event featuring some of the biggest names of music, uh, movies, entertainment, sports. Uh, Dak Prescott will be on it. Um, I, I think they also have got um, uh, Ricky saw- Williams. Saw, uh, Stephen A. Smith is going to be on there. Lizzo is going to be on there. They've got Kenny Maine, who's now doing a podcast in the Odyssey family. He's going to be on there. Katy Perry. I mean, Adele will be part of it. And uh, it's a great event coming up at 8 o'clock right here on the fan and, of course, uh, the Odyssey app. Um, and th- this year it is about suicide awareness and prevention as um, – you know, with 988 coming out, it's it's saving lives all over, and it's something that I, I, I think we need to talk about more. Um, I know that I've lost family members um, to suicide, and it happens far too often in, in our world. And uh, just talking, listening, and hearing um, people talk about their struggles, what they're going through, and what has helped them, it can help a lot of people. So that's uh, coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah, there's been a obviously a shift in how mental health is discussed and yeah. viewed in the world uh, with players like Ricky Williams, like Kevin Love, like DeMar DeRozan, who have been upfront and open about things mm-hmm. that they've struggled with. So it's uh, you know it's, it's it's something that I think more and more people we need to be aware of and, and understand of 
the inner workings and, and how you can not only help yourself but help other people. Yeah, so celebrities um, teaming up with some of the leading mental health experts uh, in the field. Uh, that's all coming up tonight, 8 o'clock, right here on The Fan. Uh, let's get to hour number two of this program here. As we mentioned it earlier, Robert Sarver stepping away uh, and selling the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury franchises. Uh, his statement was a heck of a thing. Danny Dusty on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.